Hey there, everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of Look for the Light, our HBO, The Last of Us podcast, where we watch HBO's The Last of Us, talk about it all, dissect it, and talk about all the things that we loved, all the things that we didn't like. Yeah, 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 you know how it goes. Um, sorry, we were not around last week. Um, schedules got in the way. But what we have done is combine episode four and episode five. Uh, so we're going to talk about them tonight. Um, they it kind of works in a way because it was sort of like a part one and part two. So, uh, yeah, we're going to get into that right now. Joining me as ever is Josh Thompson. Hello. Good evening. Hello, buddy. How are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm really good. Um, every week I'm excited to uh, talk about this. And then I watch the episode and I'm like, oh, no, I'm not. <laughs> 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 no, I'm not. This is like almost a therapy session after every episode. But what Was it you um, compared it to um, the Aaron Paul scene of Breaking Bad earlier? Yeah, you can't keep getting away with this. <laughs> Honestly, every week, but they do it. Um, it feels like trauma every yeah. week, but I love it. Absolutely, can't stop. And joining us for the very first time is Mr. Sean Davies. Hello. Hello, mate. Welcome to Look for the Light. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. Now, this is a very interesting angle because... Um, as you know, um, we normally are here with Cat and Miles. They can't join us this week. They're off on their jollies. Um, so they know that we've all beaten the game. Sean Davies has not beaten the game. Nope. And is currently up to date going along with the show. So from here on in, you know nothing? Nothing. I mean, I, ca- I kind of know what happens at the end. Um I've not actually spoiled it for myself by watching any video or anything, but you know you can't avoid the end of this game in conversation. So I, I kind of know what happens at the end, but the journey from essentially the end of episode three is going to be entirely new for me. That's kind of where I've dropped out of the game when playing it on the PS3, when it released as a remaster on the PS4, and then as as Last of Us Part One. I've still not progressed past the the flooded subway bit just after the museum. So yeah. That bit really takes me out of the game for whatever reason. And uh, I've not progressed since that past there. So this is entirely new for me now. So interesting. All three times you've gone to that particular section and gone, nah, I can't do it anymore. It's, it's, I think it's the, the fact that it's like basically a water level. Mm. Like, you know, you're pushing, you know, she's going, I can't swim. And I'm thinking, I can stand up in the water. So don't worry about it. <laughs> and it's not like a vast amount of diff- like space that she would have to flounder across in the water in order to escape. It just feels like a big faff. Um, it's like that particular part of the game just kind of really takes that out of, of me. So um, I'm really glad there was no flooded subways in the game, or in the TV show up to this point. Flooded mm-hmm. foyers of hotels. Yes. Flooded subways. <laughs> no, thank you. And spoiler alert, it happens more than once. Kind of this whole water physics sort of getting Ellie across happens mm-hmm. multiple times. It's It does actually lead into a nice story beat. But um, anyway, I won't mention anything else. Just get her some floaties. Like at the end of the world, I'm sure we walk past a Walmart or something. Just get a, a rubber ring and some floaties and, and away we go. Yeah. Yeah. It's very smart. <laughs> There's always a plank of wood around Josh, isn't there? Ready to get across. Just every single time. Plank of wood, uh, a pallet, always pallets. Like everyone's yeah, there's a pallet everywhere. There's a pallet um, all over the place. And ladders. <laughs> Just perfect. Fantastic. Tim um, Allen's daydream. 
Yeah, pretty much. Brilliant. <laughs> um, right then, so uh, let's go into it. I suppose um, I'll get to Sean first. Overall, what are your thoughts of the show and the last two episodes? I I have been really enjoying the show, and I've enjoyed. So obviously, there's there's been some changes to the the formula, and I think the changes that that they made kind of all fed into the. Uh, the the kind of impact that uh, these two episodes have, um. So, you know, within the in the game, the the first up up to where I've actually got in the game, uh, Joel is often fighting with other humans. You know, he, he's he's shooting at other people. You know, he kills lots of people. Um, and there was always that debate around the game, be having that ludo narrative dissonance around you know trying to save the world but killing half of it on 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 the path to do so, and um. I'm really impressed with the TV show, how it's kind of reined that back in. You know, he doesn't fight uh, for the, at the start. Um, all those guys are already dead uh, in the fight between um, Fedra and the Fireflies. So, you know, it, it's kind of, it, it's reined in the violence for Joel, except for that one time where obviously he had those flashbacks of his daughter and he had that. And then this this episode four and five, it lets loose. You know, you get you get the Joel. Um, that we kind of know from the games, you know, the the the, the violence that's there, but it's made it far more impactful for me, I think, because actually you don't see Joel as a, you see him as obviously capable, but not a sociopathic, sociopathic killer up until now. And now, you, you know, like, he doesn't like killing people, um, but he does it quite a lot in these two episodes. So, yeah, I've really enjoyed these episodes. After finishing five, I sat down with a full pint of Ben Jerry's and yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I get I totally get what you mean. I was watching it at what midday today, just by myself in my flat. Crying my eyes out. Um knowing every single story beat that's coming. But yeah. No Drucken just has a way of making it hurt really, really badly. Um, Josh, what did you make of Eps four and five? I think it was you that pointed that out that this is a very part one and part two part of the story. Yeah, um, it, it just felt like it was gonna be. Um, I feel like Kansas or in the game was uh, car. I can't remember where they were. Is it Boston? They were at in the game. They kind of like switched the cities over. Hmm. Um, yeah, it just felt like the Kansas was going to have a bit more room to breathe for the journey. So two episodes kind of just made a little bit more sense. Um, and then it obviously by the end of episode four, it was like, oh yeah, because we've still got Sam and Henry to experience. Um, yeah, and I, I like uh, Sean's point actually about the kind of the writing of Joel and the writing of, uh, I guess, the bad guys because you can't even call them hunters at this point because they've not called themselves hunters. They're more like actual freedom fighters against the fascist government that is Fedra. Um, and it, it is like a lot more of a mature approach that there's a lot more greys in this than there is in the game, um, especially for Joel being a morally grey character throughout the game, um, that it kind of just humanises everyone. And then it tears them all apart. <laughs> um, and I just, I just, I'd love to see uh, someone else's perspective in terms of someone that's never played the game kind of has no interest in games to the point where this TV show is like completely fresh. Because for me, I'm kind of like anticipating the story beats, knowing what's going to happen. 
um, and still getting floored by it. But I don't know if it's because I've got so much context of everything around it that it still hits as hard or if it's just testament to the writing that it's phenomenal and that it stands on its uh, own feet as like just an amazing TV show. Because I do think this is going to be like one of the better TV shows we'll have this decade for sure. Yeah, yeah, it is interesting. It's an interesting point because, you know, the story of Sam and Henry, again, it's not one that is explored hugely in the game, the same way that Bill and Frank is, I suppose. Um, I think we get to know Sam and Henry a little better than those two in the mm-hmm. game, um, for sure. But, yeah, how, way the way Ebb 5 started with the story of, like, Sam and Henry and how they got to find John Lennon in the first place, I thought that was sold really well. Um, I do like these little backstories that we're getting for each of these characters. And... Yeah, it's just it's just as devastating, if not more so, in um in the show what happens. And I think I think uh you know Craig Mason and Drugman are doing an incredible job at um stretching out those moments and making them m- even more powerful in a way um, than they than than they were in the game. Yeah, I think um to quote not to quote but to like go off what's been on like Twitter as some failed screenwriter. I won't name names, has said, the show's about zombies. Uh, why is this all this all this lovey dove stuff? Um, I actually really enjoyed like all the zombie bits that we did get. Or oh, I say zombies, clickers and runners and stuff like that. That was so exciting to watch uh, come episode five, like by the time oh we God. got there, that I was like, I, I want this the whole time. I know we probably won't get it because they're coining the term uh, emotional action scenes, which I guess is just, I don't know, very deep, uh, emotive scenes between two characters that are going to make people feel something as opposed to some shooty, shooty, bang, bang. But my God, I would love to just see more and more of that. Um, episode four, more specifically as well, I think um, whilst it was a lot less action heavy, we did get the we did get the intro set piece that kind of came from the teaser trailer way back when. That was like our first ever look at The Last of Us seeing that now transformed into a set piece on a show like that was good. But I think my favorite bit of four is um, the relationship building that happened between Joel and Ellie, obviously finding the pun book um, that we have come to know know and love um, and just really enjoying that chemistry between two as bit was a highlight as well. Yeah, that's because I've not experienced it in the game. That was kind of the highlight from episode four for me is the, you know, when, as far as I've played, they're really not like that, you know, they have just agreed to go on a journey together, basically. And to see that blossom, and I don't know if it's the same in, in the game or not, it's just that that is, it's so well written that Joel is like this, you know, he's desperate to keep this as cargo. That through the first couple of, you know, 10 minutes of episode four, he's like, well, cargo, you sleep over there. I'll sleep over here. I'll turn my back on you when you're sleeping. Do you know what I mean? It's just kind of mm. that kind of thing. And then, you know, through a bit of humor and Ellie's kind of magnetism, I guess, um, they kind of start to bond. And, uh, you know, it, it doesn't feel like a trauma relationship at this point, which, you know, it yeah. often in these kind of things, you get those trauma like, people thrown together and they they grow to love one another. They've had that downtime now. Yeah, and this feels like a an actual friendship rather than a we're trying to survive together friendship. Yeah, 
I think it's hinted at the start of that when you when you said they went to sleep, like the first time they went to sleep, he actually stayed up all night. Like he was not for going to sleep. And if something happens there, at least something happens. He was like, I need to stay up all night just in case. So and so that was a nice yeah. touch. Which which is interesting because then obviously he falls asleep the second time. Yeah. And then what happens? <laughs> <laughs> so um whether whether that's because he was more comfortable around Delhi or the fact that he was in a, a you know it was just knackered because he'd had a very adrenaline filled sure. day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But you know. I think um episode four was better around his best one so far. Um I thought she was fantastic in showing that side of Ellie. Mm. None of the more lighthearted, you know, that the whole sequence when they're in the car and she finds the magazine straight out of the game, sort of like point for point, it was fantastic. And sort of like as a as a player, you're waiting for that moment, aren't you? You that moment in the car where she's, you know, where she finds the magazine and Joel's like, you got to throw it out, throw it away, throw it away. You don't need it. And it's um it's so brilliantly portrayed. And how like you know she says, oh she's not even tired. And then that quick cut to her just <laughs> snoring on the chair. Yeah, you know, that's that's just those again, you know, picking and picking those little moments from the game and recreating them is just a, a brilliant aspect of that. Of that episode, but yeah, the uh, the pun book is a um, was a fantastic moment, and it was it led to a touching moment in at the very end where you know where Joel actually smiles. I didn't know yeah, he was capable. He gets That's a laugh a out of him, which was amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it was um, yeah, it was a brilliant touch. I love the um, the uh, that that scene with uh, Meredith and uh, you know the um, the guy that voices Tommy in the game. What's mm-hmm. his character called? Perry, I think. Perry. Um, yeah, where they find the rumble in the ground. Um, where the ground sort of goes... To... Um, I thought that was a really cool moment. What um, is that? I, th- I is think it, that's is... where they buried all the infected, wasn't it? And they were just... Yeah, so that, that thing that came out in 5, I think they're called bloaters or something. Bloaters, yeah. Yeah, I think that's what that was, was basically that, just in okay. below ground. Okay, because because I'll, I'll be that happened, and I I rewound the show like three times just to see what that was because I was thinking to myself, is this like a new development? Is that like a fungal tendril or something that that I've not kind of, and I, I obviously uh, don't, I, I don't know if there's any kind of like uh, correspondence to the game whether that exists within the game or anything. But I was just kind of really curious about what that was. But that was a very freaky moment. And it that's didn't kind look of safe. Like, it looked like it was going to implode at any moment, and they were just waiting for it to happen. Didn't look safe. Needed a wet floor sign, for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, one aspect of the show, of course, that is brand new was uh, Meredith, um, who seemed like the leader of the uh, the guys who took over Fedra and broke broke open the uh, the QZ in Kansas City. Um, Meredith, um, but I'm scared of her, to be honest. Don't want to fuck with someone like that. <laughs> It's kind of seems to have her humanity ripped out of her asshole. Um, what did you make of uh, Meredith, uh, Josh, as someone who's played the game? Um, I just really liked uh, Melanie Linksy's uh, take on it on Twitter, how she wanted to portray portray this woman as a feminine woman, but at the same time being someone never to fuck with. Like she's not necessarily like very strong, but she's very like strong witted. And I think Perry kind of hits the nail on the head with uh, the conversation that they have in her old bedroom when she was a kid was that like, 
they they followed her brother, but they conquered Fedra with her. Like, so she was the brains of it all. Um, and I just, yeah, I just really enjoyed that we're kind of getting to see a side of it where these aren't faceless people. Um, I think in Naughty Dog games specifically, they try and go for this charming lead. And these people that we're shooting at <laughs> are kind of nobodies. Um, and I think it's testament to the kind of the direction that they went with part two, where like you start killing people in the levels and they're calling out their names like, oh no, they've just shot so-and-so. They're trying to like humanize these people. So they're not just, uh, you know, just not violence for violence sake. Um, and I think this is like a further extension of that, that they are trying to just um, world build. And Meredith is just an excellent um, kind of addition to that of these aren't just necessarily bad people. They just do bad things. And I think that's also a line in the show that that um, Henry says, he's like, I'm a bad, per- I've done bad things. Like I'm a bad person. When Joel's like sitting there <laughs> with the history that he's had, like, shit yeah like we all do this so mm. yeah she's definitely had um well i don't know i can't even imagine being her friend <laughs> I can't imagine what that would be like <laughs> what, um, what, what i found really really great about this character is that is that i could kind of sympathize like and i think this is kind of like you know every villain has their own you know they, they are the hero in their own story and she kind of is, you know, this guy basically sold out a brother and, you know, he's dead because of him. And, and, and this is why, and she is, she is cold blooded, but then, you know, it, that first discussion that she has with the guy in the cell where she's talking about basically what these guys did to, that, that kind of sets the scene of like, you know, the, this is the uprising. These are the good guys. They've, they've fought back against this awful, uh, Fedra regime in their town, their city, and now they're they're on top. But there's still some bad guys out there, and that's what they're going to try and hunt down. For, from their from their perspective, they are the good guys, and that's that's what makes that I think this these two episodes pretty compelling is because you can kind of sympathise. I mean, yeah, she goes OTT with it, but you know, if I, if if somebody sold out, you know, your brother, would would you be wanted to get revenge? I imagine so. It's it's a great dynamic. I'm glad they included it. I didn't know she wasn't in the game. No, um, not at all. Um, none of these people are technically. Uh, Henry, Sam are, uh, obviously Joel and Ellie are from those episodes. Everything else is all straight from the TV TV series. Perry could have... I, I was thinking, like, Perry would probably get his own spin-off. Imagine him just like walking the walking America with that gun, but then he get his... his... His head gets clean ripped off by a bloater. So that was the end of that story. Uh, I love that that was straight up the animation, the death animation that Joel gets when he gets yeah. caught by one of those. That was a nice little Easter egg. Yeah. Uh, Perry, of course, voiced by uh, the same guy that voices Tommy in the video game. Um, so that's the first instance, well, I suppose the second instance that we've had uh, of one of the voice actors coming in to play a part. And the first one, of course, being. Oh, Jesus Christ, why have I forgotten her name? So much has happened since episode one. Oh, uh, Nadine, right? Not Nadine. No, that's Uncharted. Oh. <laughs> God, <laughs> naughty, fo- naughty dog. I always said naughty fox. Um, oh, Marlene. Marlene. There yeah. we go. 
Yeah. Nadine um, and Marlene. They like rhyme. Very yeah. similar. Of course, that's different because she's she's sort of playing the same character. Yes. Uh, but yeah, we get to see Ashley Johnson. We get to see Troy. I'm sure they aren't too far away now. No. Uh, yeah, I don't think, obviously, going into next episode, I guess we're going to maybe be in Wyoming with, uh, and meeting Tommy again. I'm yeah. assuming. If, it's, uh, if this is how it's panned out. Because I think that's before winter. And that's, I won't dive into winter because of spoilers, but I guess that was before winter, right? Yes, it was. Yeah. 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 Oh, boy. Winter is coming. <laughs> I, I was just like, oh, that's the Sam and Henry. I was like, that's the worst of it. Like, okay. Like, everything else emotionally is not as bad. But then I'm remembering winter and I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. There's, it's just going to get harder from here. Yeah. So, oh, it can't get any worse than, uh, than Bill, can it? Oh. Oh yeah, that's, that's Sam and Henry. I can't get any worse than Sam and Henry, can it? <laughs> it just, uh, it, it just goes on. Um, so yeah, there was a, mo- <laughs> a moment I went, damn, that these are some really good lines. When this is a very small moment, but I just wanted to share. When um Henry is drawing out the map for Joel to escape Kansas City, he draws four lines on a piece of paper, and they're all really, really straight. Like they're they're excellent lines. And I said out loud, damn, those are some good lines. <laughs> Do you I, know I've no, I know a couple of people that draw really straight lines. So I guess I just like breeze past that. But yeah, I couldn't do a straight line like that. Very <laughs> impressive. <laughs> it was those moments. Um, yeah, I love the, uh, the the recreation of the underground school as well. I thought that was really cool. Um, that was great. The poster that Joel looked at. Um, of the Fedra agents or the drawing, I suppose, of the Fedra agents is straight from the game. That is a collectible you can find in that level. Um, that's a really cool little nod. Um, the castle that was drawn around the front door, that's part of the game as well. Um, it's those very cool moments that go, oh, I know where we are. We're safe for a second. <laughs> for, for a split second. Yeah. It's hard because there's so much in all these places that we've been, there's so much story that's in them that they must have just been like, we have to refrain from diving any deeper. But like the notes that you find and like Ish's story that you go from that, like the beginning of the sewer to the end is so compelling. It's like one of the better ones that you get through the sort of note narratives that you get, like kind of like what we had with, uh, with Bill. Um, That was kind of just the, notes that we got from the game and now it's in a whole episode like yeah they must have been picking and choosing a lot with how they divulge into the the world that the show is showing yeah i didn't think about it too much but they cut out a fair bit this this time around um like that whole sewer sequence goes on for ages in the game Mm. i remember i remember being underground for a long time and um they just appeared outside i was like oh I guess they've cut that bit completely. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> yeah, they had a lot more trials and tribulations during the in the sewers than they did. Uh, kind of, I know that it's a big set piece, the whole sniper, um, and that was an interesting change as well. That was another moment where they're showing the human side of it. There is just some old dude protecting, and Joel's reluctant, but I feel like. Obviously, he knows what's going to happen if it ha- if if it goes down. Like you really don't want to do this because he's dead. He, Joel doesn't want to do it, but he has to, and that's kind of the mantra that they're going on of being endure and survive. Yeah, 
Yeah, uh, that that whole sequence is great, actually. I think from the sniper to the very end, it's just so mm. compelling. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't take my eyes off the screen at all. Uh, can we talk about the sinkhole and the sinkhole attack? Because that was just absolutely fantastic. Uh, I, I, yeah, go on, Sean. I, I just wanted. I know that Josh had said earlier, kind of how how good this part was, and that you hope to see more of it. But I think this is this is kind of the build up that like that was necessary to get this kind of like cathartic release of this happening. Because obviously, you know, we've not seen any infected for like, you know, may- maybe an episode and a half. Um, and it's like, that was such a good moment. Um, you know, obviously visually spectacular, very cathartic to see all these people that are chasing the characters that we're following. Um, it was very well put together, like action shot like the 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 way it was shot um and the clips between joel and obviously ellie and the car what he's like he's shot he's missed the the clickers in the back of the car he shoots he misses and it, it you, you see ellie's face you see joel's face it's just so like very well shot to put you on tender hooks but i think the fact that they've restrained with this to to get us to this point where actually so far we've seen a handful We've seen one or two. We've never, you know, apart from when they all got blown up in the, um, the building by Marlene. Marlene? No. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think by by holding that back, and then having this, was was such a good effect. You know, everyone kind of, for two episodes, we've not really been thinking about them. Oh, they're underground. There's some rumbling co- concrete. Something's going on, and then to see that—that was—that was spectacular. That's really good cinematography to kind of you basically edging, <laughs> edging the viewers, they, mm. <laughs> bringing them to this. This you know, something's going to happen. The car's going to disappear so slowly. That car. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, where's that going? <laughs> yeah. And then you hear it, you hear it before you see it, and it's like oh, so yeah. good, so well put together. Very impressed. And those little elements, like um, like you said, just like Ellie looking up at Joel, um, like them catching each other's eyes for a split second before Ellie runs. And Joel's Joel's a great shot, isn't he? Yeah, and how much ammo did he? He had so much ammo. Like I mean, not, that, that old guy must have like shot a lot of ammo, but you know there must have been like boxes and boxes because mm. uh, he was shooting for a long time. <laughs> yeah, it was fantastic, um, and it was it was just a it was just an, it was just absolute carnage, and it was so exciting to watch. And I think that was the first time that like we've seen like an epic scale. Of that of that size in this show thus far, I think, and we probably won't get one again of that of that level. But it was so, it was completely necessary because there was an entire army chasing them, and the only way they were going to be taken out was by an absolutely fuck ton of clickers. And it was, um, oh, it was just spectacular. Um, I think the bloater was the bloater was used well. It would have been fun to see him tear down a few more people, I think. Uh, <laughs> but it was, um, it was fun. Then he disappeared. Then we didn't see him again once he killed Perry. So he's off, he's, he's out there, he's walking around now in Kansas City. <laughs> he uh, he did look a little bit wrestlery, you know, like he was just choke slamming a lot of folks, you know. And 
I know there's kind of the small conversation of uh, with Henry and Ellie where he says like, "Are we still human inside if we're bitten?" Um, like I don't know. It's just really weird the kind of behavior mannerisms that that bloater had. Like that's how they're going to attack. Um, I don't know because it's it was more of like a, a yeah, it was an attack. It wasn't like because normally what we've seen is that they're just trying to spread. This was like almost a vicious like retaliation to maybe them being locked down for so long and like not being able to move so it's it's mm. weird like i guess it kind of speaks to kind of you know like that scene in episode two i think it is where they're kind of moving with the sunlight there must be something big going on with this sort of like connection and possible like photosynthesis style thing of their reactions to light and stuff like that to like bring on maybe this sort of uh, aggression that they had as a like because it was was more attacking than it was infecting it was a lot more violent sure. um and yeah I, I i reckon we'll probably get maybe a set piece of a similar scale by the end of the show um i mean wyoming definitely has possibilities for it um but yeah sean was right like we we kind of heard a lot about i heard a lot of talk about the clickers episode two was a taster of how devastating they can be and this was just like look if you don't believe them like this is how much they're going to ravage you if you like there's there's something to take seriously because a lot of the characters they're like oh have you seen one no i've never heard of them never seen them it's all like rumors between each other that they're they're apparently everywhere but they've not seen them so what's the what's the real issue and then we finally see it in full force like yeah don't fuck with these. Don't ever try and cross a, uh, go across their paths. Like, you know, Henry's blasé sort of um, uh, what he's, his plan was. And Joel being like, are you serious? Like, clickers. He's like, yeah, I've never seen them. So, yeah, it was a really good payoff. Yeah. I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if this set piece changes the tone of maybe the next couple of episodes. Because I think they have been kind of building to this by kind of holding back on the whole infected aspect. Mm. And obviously the first couple of episodes we had kind of uh, like flashbacks to the past around how things, you know, happened, you know, the, the rounding up of the village and setting up a bill. And then even before that, you know, the the scientists looking at the infected woman in the in the lab in uh, where was it, Mongolia? Can't remember it was. Uh, Cambodia, sorry. Um, so I, I, it's possible. I, I like. I don't know what's to come, but if there is, there is ways. I imagine we, we probably still, we'll see some flashbacks, and for them to be far more violent than we've seen up to this point. Because this was kind of your water break moment. Once it, this was your okay. Now you, now you've been as a viewer. If you've never played the game, this is the most violent they have. They have now. These are what they are. So get used to that. <laughs> and Ben Shapiro might be really happy now. You never know. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the failed screenwriter I was talking about. Uh, exactly. That's the hope in all of this, isn't it? <laughs> More zombies, please. Uh, so long as Ben Shapiro is happy, we're all happy. <laughs> ben Shapiro is only upset because he watched that Bill and um, Bill episode, and, and he Bill and Frank, and he was like, "That's me. You know, I'm surviving. I'm the survivor." And then they mm. kiss, and he's like, "No, that's not me. That's not me. That's not me. I'll do that. I'll do that." 
Stop singing, Bill, please. <laughs> <laughs> like Ben Shapiro hasn't got long, long time on his iPad right now. Crying to some Ben Jerry's. <laughs> <laughs> they love each other so much. They love each other so much. Um, can we talk about the the final scenes between Sam and Ellie? Um, Ellie's belief that her blood would save him and the devastation when it doesn't. Um, I think that was, I think that still shows that Ellie's got that, got that knock of innocence in her, despite what she's been through. Um, I don't know if you took anything else from that, but it was a, I thought it was a really touching moment that she even tried because she believed that her blood was the cure to, to, to save him in, in, in that moment. Yeah. I think a little bit of it is um, maybe a retrospect on how the scene played out in the game was maybe something that they were like, we could tweak this and make it a bit more uh, emotionally potent, which I mean, it is regardless of what happens. Um, it basically plays out the same way. Um, uh, I think, do they, do they find out at all? Does Ellie, in the game, does Ellie know before they go to sleep or does Ellie... Because I know I just realized that she like says in the game she's like Joel and they're in the uh, separate room. D- is that her waking up realizing that it's happened and not knowing before? I think or, so. I don't yeah. remember Ellie knowing before the morning. Yeah. So I, I did like like that's a that that was a nice change that she did know and that when she did find out like her first thought is oh I'm the cure like I could fix this and then obviously it it just being a, a naive fallacy is even more like damning of like a feeling is mm. that she it is helpless um oh man yeah and then henry's reaction um it, that 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 part plays in my head a lot from the game is the part where he does say i'm sorry and he did although he didn't say it uh it was written down in the in the grave which was like a nice callback and also i think even more touching because it was just like they're sorry for what happened. Like that, that was, they feel like a bit of ownership over this, over the fuck up that happened. Yeah. I mean, in, in the game, Henry is pointing the gun at Joel going, this is your fault. Mm-hmm. This is your fault. This is your fault. But here he takes complete acceptance of it. Yeah. Um, you know, he is Sam's protector and, you know, he, he had to, he had to make a choice in that moment. And he's, it was just it was just played outstandingly well. And I hope that gets recognized because it because it was brilliant. And again, I thought Bella Ramsey was brilliant in that moment as well. Um you heard Eddie's voice break pretty hard in that moment. Um she doesn't I mean she's been upset and she's cried, I think, in previous episodes, but here she was genuinely, genuinely broken. Mm. And I think that that's the first time that you know she'll see He's seen death so kind of up close, I suppose. Yeah. It was a bit of a flip of the switch, like this cold, I'm going to just, we just have to move on, is like very different to the Ellie that we see at the start. Yeah. Um, where it's more about, like this was her, this was her awakening of being like, right, I am the purpose for this. Like I need to, like my body, like my blood, I need this, to fix this so this can not happen again. Absolutely. Um, Sean, as someone who did not know that was going to happen, what did you make of the ending? 
Um, I kind of figured. Um, so at the start of this episode, when you got these two, and obviously the the, rela- the way that that relates to the end of episode four, I immediately thought something is ba- something bad is going to happen to one or both of these people. And Katie said to me, she she sat next to me watching. She said they better not kill the kid. And Katie's my wife, sorry. And um, I said either he will die or the other bloke will accidentally kill him or something um, because, you know, whatever. But, you know, the way that they did it, um, I think the way that it all leads up, um, so obviously you have some conversation during this episode around destiny and around, you know, um, the woman saying, you know, some kids die, you know, you can't fight destiny. And in the end, everything was for naught. You know, everything that he'd done was made no difference. You know, he kind of sold out and the actor um, who played the the older character, I've forgotten the names already, um, he was he was incredible. I think um there's this this whole kind of end scene was was fantastic. The the moment where Ellie, you know, put, puts the, the blood on, I think that was a that's potentially both a primer for the fact that actually we are the show is showing the audience that this can't be done. That the Ellie is can't just be a simple take the blood from her and use her as a cure. Then the show the show is intentionally setting that up, and I think um, I think it just shows that she's kind of still hopeful at that point. You know that at this point, you know, she is still the the light in the darkness. She is still, you know, the the the, the bright future who who's still got comedy, and then at the end of the show, she's not. You know, she's dumped Joel's bag next to him. She's, which way is west? She's going, you know. She said sorry, she's moving on. And yeah, just like Josh said, that's that's um, that does feel like a coming of age moment where she realises, you know, it's not as simple as I thought it was going to be. And um, yeah, she's a great ending to an episode. You know, as, as, a, as a combined, you know, maybe if this was on a streaming platform or something, um, it probably would have been like one episode um because it, it just was such a great story well well told and um yeah great episode of tv great episode of tv um sam was played by kelvin woodward a uh, couple woodard sorry um and henry was played by lamar johnson um who in an interview recently recently said he wants to be the live action uh mars morales which i'm very down for oh yeah i could go for that yeah let's do that Kevin Foggy, get on the phone. Make it happen. Thank you very much. Um, all right then. Is there anything else from these episodes that you want to get into before we uh, before we jit and get ready for even more possible heartbreak next week? Oh, I wanted to ask. Would do, do, Would you recommend yes. I play play the game based on what I've still got left to to experience? How much of get other game is left? Oh man, you've you. You've still got at least three quarters of the game to go. Okay. It's a long old story, but it, I don't know. It depends. Do you want to, I don't know. Do you want to ruin the show for yourself or do you want to play it afterwards? I feel like I've come out to it from a very different angle from everyone else. Um, 
because I think like you know I've got to kind of set up and I understand you know the main beats of the story mm-hmm. but I, I don't know that like this whole storyline kit took me by like no one has ever mentioned these characters to me before um and until last week when everyone yeah. was like oh my god the end of that episode people were like oh god it's gonna be so sad I'm like why <laughs> what's gonna happen what what am I what about what, what do I need to prepare? Do I need to get some Xanax in already? What's what do I need to do? Um, so I feel like I, I don't know whether I should delve into the game just to prepare myself, or what I, I feel like play the game. I feel like I've spent the last eight or nine years of my life trying to convince you to play Last of Us. <laughs> All it took was a you know eight billion pound TV show, <laughs> HBO <laughs> to recreate it every week. <laughs> Uh, I'll st- I'll st- you know, if I restart this, you know when I'm dropping off, don't you? As soon as yeah. that flooded subway happens, <laughs> how much of the sewer is like that subway? Is it a lot or? There's probably about three or four more sections that are like that, varying in kind of how long they take. Some of them are, I'd say the longest is probably about 40 minutes of like in and out of doing that because it's not straight up just a water level it there but there is moments that you have to do it um there is one that on my first playthrough like almost like oh god like 10 years ago now there was a it, i felt like i was near the end and i had a whole section where it was doing stuff like that and i was like oh for fuck's sake i don't want to do this again um but i do think the show is maybe my preferable way of enjoying the story from here on out, depending on how it, how the rest of the episodes go. So I don't know if that's indicative of your opinion of playing the game, but I think this is a, a lot stronger of, um, uh, it shows a lot more of the themes and the uh, emotions behind the story a lot better than what the game does when it breaks it up into pieces. Wow. If you remember last week, ladies and gentlemen, um, I bought the Firefly edition of The Last of Us Part 1. And um, I graciously and generously gave my code of the game to Josh because he said he wanted to play through it again. <laughs> and and now he's like, actually, the show's better. No, I uh, see. So, I'm, like, I'm what, still why, gonna... <laughs> why bother? Why, why do they bother doing that? <laughs> I'm absolutely going to play it again. There's no doubt about it. It's like, I think it's one of the better games for a story ever made. So there's no doubt I'm definitely going to play it again. My partner really wants to play it, uh, who is not a gamer. Um, but watching... I think after episode two, she was like, can we can we play the game? And I was like, yeah, we can. And she's not very game literate in terms of like control schemes and stuff like that. So, but I, so I set a pitch to her that part one is going to be, it has like a lot more accessibility options. The different difficulties would make it a lot easier for her to go through and kind of not die every six seconds and get fr- frustrated. So I like kind of pitched that to her that part one is probably the best way to play it now as well as like all the graphical overhauls and and the gameplay changing to part two, more of part twos. So I'm I'm definitely excited to play it. I just think like, say like in the future, if I ever want to go back to it, I may just want to dip into the TV series instead of playing the game. Hmm. That's fair. Wow. So 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 in, instead of putting her on, on the easiest difficulty, 
you are going to put her on crushing, aren't you? <laughs> Ground, <laughs> on grounded, on grounded mode, mode yeah. yeah. Oh, see, Joel can't see through the walls in the in the TV show, so you can't either in the game. <laughs> it's not allowed for you. <laughs> Love it. And Joel can only die once, so you can only die once. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did, he, did he die in the show multiple times? No. So here you go. Going to have to play it the same way. Love it. Yeah. So I don't know what's up to you, really, man. There's, what, four episodes left? Is it nine episodes? Four. Yeah, four um, episodes. So we've got, we got four to go. You've got another month to go. Okay, I think um, I think what I'll do is I'll I'll watch the rest of the TV show and then then I'll play through the rest of the game, and uh, I could probably bring that as my game to the week as uh, as the usual podcast. See if as a as a retrospective, it, whether I thought the game was better than the TV show after having watched the TV show. That'd be really interesting, actually. Yeah, that'd yeah. be a, an interesting angle. Because I know there are there are a lot of people that are going. Oh, I should play the game. Actually, it's quite good. And it's like it's number one on Amazon, so people are picking the game up now. Yeah, and oh, yeah. and going. Oh, this is actually quite good. Oh yeah, man, we're selling that for ten years. There's like a three hundred percent increase in sales of part one on PlayStation Five, which is just it's nuts, yeah. isn't it? Considering the it's price good. of damn remake. Nuts. 70 quid just yeah. <laughs> i mean imagine the like the sales of second hand ps4 copies um yeah and if cx are making a killing on this probably <laughs> yeah sex, sorry it's not cx i really love um the remake i think it's absolutely stunning to look at but um if anyone asks me the ideal play to a way to play the last of us like just get last of us remastered on ps4 and play it on ps5 still runs at 60 frames per second still runs beautifully basically the same game you'll be fine and you can get it for a fraction of the price as well. Um, then if you want to, you can upgrade to part one. That's my my consumer advice for you, ladies and gentlemen. That's what I think is the best thing to do. So this is me, of course, who spent £70 on the remake and then got FOMO, turned out the Firefly Edition, was in stock at PlayStation Direct, and bought that as well. I'm a fucking idiot. But there we are. Hey, it'll be worth something someday, surely. It won't without the code. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're still booked, right? <laughs> have you uh, have you uh, redeemed it yet? Oh yes, yeah, I have. Sorry, damn it. I mean, oh okay, okay, fine. That's cool. That's cool. That's cool. Um, yeah, I'm gonna start. The, it came with four comics, so I'm gonna start those soon. Yeah, I'm not... are they are they the sort of prequel comics that kind of got released very early on? Uh, yeah, they're all Ellie stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so very cool. I'll um. I'll take a picture of every page and I'll send them to you. If you want. <laughs> Make, turn it into a PDF. Yeah. Well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, sorry, sorry, go we've still got left behind to experience as well, uh, which oh, is that's... crazy. I, I don't know, if, Sean, if you have if you know anything about Left Behind, but it's essentially a prequel to Ellie's sort of before she starts part one. Essentially, yeah, I, I, I kind of, I kind of, I understand what happens in that too, and. There's like a, a reference to it in episode one of the TV show, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah very subtle. So, yeah, it was a. So, I, like you know, I, I kind of recognise the name and I kind of understand what happens in the the DLC. So, um, do you think they'll do that in the TV, or do you think they'll? It's been in the trailer some shots from what looks to be left behind. So, whether it's an episode or a quick flashback to kind of deep dive deep into it, I mean, four episodes. 
how how do you think it would work out ross if we got four more episodes if it would be slotted in there or if it would just be a a little maybe a cold open to one of the episodes i think they're gonna portray ellie and can i say the name is that a spoiler it's in the show in the first episode okay don't even Um, mention so yeah ellie and riley um I think they're going to treat you like villain Frank. Mm. I think they're going to give the whole episode because mm. it explains so much about Ellie and it's so important and it's such a beautiful story as well. And I think they're not going to hide from that. Uh, so I think it'll be a full episode. Well, we've got Wyoming next. Then I don't know where that behind creeps in, but I have, know. I have but a I'm, sort of spoilery uh, theory of may it, maybe where it gets slotted um, mm. after winter, essentially, with Ellie's um, Ellie's moment that kind of uh, yeah. is quite shocking. Um, I think it could be like a post that, so like a little bit of a breather. <laughs> but we'll see. I think that's where we see Ashley Johnson as Ellie's mum and left behind. Yeah, potentially. Maybe it's like a whole like. Where with uh, Bill and Frank, it was a bit of a decades thing, wasn't it? That we could potentially get a, a swift decade look at mm. Ellie from birth to like the moment being left behind yeah, and then just to a, part one. Just a full prequel on Ellie, essentially. Mm. Um, that'd be cool. All right, then. Well, that's plenty to look forward to and not cry about. <laughs> we'll be fine, honestly. <laughs> we'll be fine. Um, well, Ladies and gents, that does bring us on a men to episode four and five of The Last of Us. Um, join us next week at some point, I don't know when, um, for episode six. Um, if you've seen the previews, it looks really exciting. Um, yeah, they're actually outside during the daytime, which is going to be nice. Um, nice change of pace after this one. Um, so looking forward to that. Uh, thank you, Sean, for joining us. Pleasure. Thank you. Um, hopefully, John, you, uh, you can come on the next one as well. Um, yeah, I'll definitely try. I don't know when it will be, but like I said, we'll figure it out. And um, yeah, that's it. Join us on Tuesday morning for the next episode of our main podcast, where we talk all things video games and a whole lot more nonsense, because that's what we do best here at Finger Guns. Um, Yeah, we've got a load of reviews up on the website now. Our big review is Hogwarts Legacy, currently doing very big numbers on our site. So if you want to go and have a look at what we thought of Hogwarts Legacy, then head up to FingerGuns.net right now. Just review the Dead Space, all the big games that have been around, and a lot of very smart and amazing indies that you need to check out that go very much under the radar. But finger guns, make sure they don't. So go and have a look at them and check them out as well. So that's it from us. Thank you all very much indeed. It is goodbye from Joshua Thompson. Goodbye, everyone. It's goodbye from the FFG himself, Mr. Sean Davies. See you later. And it's goodbye from me. I've been Roscoe. And don't forget, when you're lost in the darkness, look for the lights. Mm-hmm.